and my fellow Pennsylvanians. This state's electoral votes are key to who wins the presidency, and both of the candidates know it. We win Pennsylvania, we win the whole deal, you know that. Just like last night. But states like Pennsylvania are going to be incredibly important. The only thing left on the board is Pennsylvania. The president cannot get to the finish line without the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. One state all four candidates are visiting today is Pennsylvania. Its 20 electoral votes are highly coveted, and the Keystone State could end up being one of the determining factors in the race. Jill's a Philly girl, but I'm a Scranton girl. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Dr. Valerie Arkush knows every square mile of Montgomery County. As many listeners know, she's the elected chairwoman of the county commissioners. Now, Montgomery County is Pennsylvania's third largest, and it's also larger than some states. Nowadays, it's a reliably blue county. This didn't happen overnight. Over the last two decades, there was a lot of population growth. There was a lot of grassroots organizing. I'm going to be watching Montgomery County very closely on election night. At minimum, the statewide campaigns, the Democratic campaigns, need 250,000 votes at minimum out of Montgomery County. We're going to be talking about these dynamics uh, as well as a new, quote-unquote, resident of the county, another doctor, uh, as well as a native son of the county, uh, a commissioner who has served with Valerie. My name is John Fetterwoman! Democrat John Fetterman back on the stump speaking at a Women for Fetterman rally at Montgomery County Community College. Our CBS affiliate in Philadelphia reports more than 3,000 people were on hand Sunday to hear the lieutenant governor speak. Commissioner Dr. Valerie Arkush, welcome to my kitchen table. It's great to be here, Ari. Thanks. Well, thank you for your service. You've had a whirlwind decade. I guess we met more than a decade ago, but your career has grown. The county has grown. So, Maybe just share a, a little with listeners, because uh, increasingly we have listeners even on the West Coast and Florida and elsewhere, a little about Montgomery County, a little about your work in Montgomery County, and then we'll plunge into the final few weeks of this campaign. Sounds good. Well, as most folks listening probably know, Montgomery County is the county just to the west of Philadelphia. We border a big chunk of Philadelphia's western border. It's a county that has been growing pretty rapidly over the last decade or so. We are up to 855,000 people in Montgomery County as of the most recent census. And it's a growing in its diversity as well. We are over 20% of our population is uh, something other than, uh, or identifies as something other than white Caucasian uh, background. So it's a really growing, vibrant, wonderful community. And we've made a lot of progress uh, in the last years. We have made tremendous strides in repairing a lot of crumbling infrastructure around the county. We have done a lot of work in expanding our health and human services work and made it easier for constituents to access. We've bolstered our veteran services. We've expanded our trail system. We now have almost 100 miles of trails and uh, they connect all over to our surrounding counties. So lots of really great stuff happening and we've been able to do all of that, uh, including a lot of work to uh, help reduce our environmental footprint. The county, for instance, gets all of its electricity from wind-generated sources and a number of other steps that we've taken to reduce our carbon footprint. We've done all those things and a lot more while keeping our property taxes still the lowest of any of the surrounding suburban counties and also restored the county's AAA bond rating at the same time. So we, we are in a good position and continuing to look forward. 
When is uh, families across Pennsylvania are sending kids back to school? Uh, my, my understanding is that some of the best schools in the country, not only in Pennsylvania, are in Montgomery County. Yeah, I think that's been true pretty consistently over the years. We have several public school districts that rank very highly, both in the Commonwealth and the country, in terms of the education that they provide to their students. And uh, you know, it's just terrific that folks here in Montgomery County have access to those schools. Well, my, my ears perked up, uh, I'm digressing for a moment, but my ears perked up when you talked about the trails, because I have many fond memories of cycling all the way from Center City, Philadelphia, out to Valley Forge. But uh, it sounds like there's even spurs off of that going elsewhere in the county. Oh, uh, yeah. I just have to tell you that today happens to be my 25th wedding anniversary. And Congratulations. my husband's in my first date was a bike ride from the Art Museum steps out the Schuylkill River Trail out to Valley Forge. So it's great that, that you mentioned that because that, that Schuylkill River Trail is near and dear to my heart. But we've expanded our trail system considerably from there. And in fact, very excited that by the end of this year or early in 23, the connection between the Schuylkill River Trail and the Chester Valley Trail will be completed. Uh, that Chester Valley Trail is being built right now through Bridgeport and will cross the river to connect to the Schuylkill River Trail in Norristown. So that will really expand uh, the distance that a person can choose to ride on these on this trail system. You know, we're really building a trail system here across southeastern Pennsylvania. So we're about one year after the historic signing of the infrastructure bill, bipartisan infrastructure bill. And I'm just curious, because for better or worse, Montgomery County does get a bit of a bad rap with uh, traffic issues. Not everyone can ride their bike to work. So what what are the county plans, uh, you and the other commissioners, as you look at this historic investment in uh, really in America that the president signed into law? Yeah. You know, it's a it's an incredible opportunity. And uh, we like folks all across this Commonwealth are so excited about it. You know, I just have to say, and, and this isn't necessarily something that's going to be the most you know top of mind in Montgomery County. But the fact that there's money in that legislation to expand broadband access across our Commonwealth is so, so important. There are so many communities in more rural Pennsylvania that have really suffered because they don't have access to high speed internet. And it's just ridiculous that in 2022 that that's the case. It's impacted businesses. It's impacted students. So I'm so glad about that. But, you know, we have spots here even in the county where um, there's limited access to broadband. And we saw some of that during the COVID pandemic. So I'm really excited about that. But some uh, other really important pieces are the money that it will continue to help, uh, the money that will continue to help us fix our crumbling roads, bridges, and other infrastructure across the county. Uh, when I became a commissioner back in 2015, we had 62 bridges that were considered structurally deficient. Some were closed and others were weight restricted. And we've made a lot of progress. We have actually fixed about 40 of those bridges at this point, but the ones that are yet to go, and most of them are in process are some of the bigger, more expensive, more complicated projects. And so these infrastructure dollars will help go a long way to fix some of those remaining bridges. And there's other really important pieces in there around some climate uh, resiliency as well. You know, Montgomery County just got walloped by Hurricane Ida. Uh, we recently acknowledged the one-year anniversary of that terrible, terrible storm. We still have 
many, many residents who are not stably housed since that hurricane came through. So we know we need to be better prepared for what's coming with a changing climate. And we're hoping that that money will help us do some of that work as well. Thank you for for marking that anniversary. And I'm also recalling uh, Superstorm Sandy, which walloped the county and really on the eve of the election 2012. Before we get into elections and politics, which is the the meat of this show, before we get in deeper, we should back up. And before you were in public service, you were a medical doctor and just have a very unique uh, trajectory. So if you could share with listeners a little about, uh, about that journey. Yeah, sure. So I spent 20 years practicing medicine in Philadelphia teaching hospitals. And I am by training an anesthesiologist. I specialized in obstetrics. So I spent most of my time on the labor and delivery floor taking care of pregnant people and their families. And I just saw so clearly every day that people were often treated so differently uh, based on the color of their skin or the insurance that they had. And as I talked to my patients about their health over and over again, I I heard stories like uh, one that a mother shared with me about how hard it was for her to get access to healthy food. She was a mom that already had two kids and she was pregnant with her third And she had to take two buses to get to a grocery store that was a full service grocery store that had lots of fresh fruits and vegetables. And she said, you know, I can get to the store with my kids. Her kids were all young. They weren't in in full-time school yet. But she said, I can't carry anything home. You know, I can carry home like one bag. And it was that realization for me that I could only do so much as a doctor to impact the health of this woman and her family. And that what this woman really needed was a grocery store in her neighborhood. So from that experience and many, many others, I decided to go back to school. I got a master's in public health and I started to focus more on kind of some of the policy side of this equation and what can we really do to help people in our neighborhoods and communities live a healthier life. And that was the beginning of a trajectory that eventually led me to where I am now. Yeah, I just think, I think it's remarkable, but I also think the, uh, everything you've accomplished, I think the best years are still uh, ahead. I'm editorializing a bit listeners, but I think it's just, we, we need more folks who are familiar with healthcare and familiar with those conversations that happen behind closed doors and doctor's offices in in public policy. Uh, I've just seen anecdotally over the years that when you look at different professions, for whatever reason, doctors and turnout, they just don't mix. They just don't vote for whatever reason. Okay. I was so excited to sit down with you, Commissioner, because number one, the county is quite large. It's going to contribute a significant amount of the vote total uh, on election night. And then number two, there's a prominent doctor who's running for statewide office. And number three, there's a son of Montgomery County who's also running for statewide office. So why don't we unpackage those one by one? My recollection is my old boss, Senator Casey, found about 250,000 votes uh, in 2018 out of Montgomery County. President Biden found north of 315,000 votes out of Montgomery County. Uh, you know, Give folks a sense of what is going to contribute to uh, a large turnout on election day in Montgomery County and, you know, any even anecdotes of the types of organizing that are happening. Yeah. Because we really well, need, um, I mean, we need 250,000 as an absolute floor. Uh, everyone's yeah. talking about democratic energy, especially female Democrats, but the proof is in the pudding in the precincts of Montgomery County. 
Yeah. Well, I'll tell you about the first batch of pudding here in Montgomery County. And uh, that happened this past Sunday with a rally for John Fetterman here in Montgomery County. And it was extraordinary. It was held at our community college, which has a very, very large sort of basketball, you know, kind of stadium type of very, very large gymnasium. Holds about 3,000 people. It was absolutely full to capacity. And they had to turn away about 300 people. So... I'm telling you, the rafters were shaking in that room. The level of enthusiasm and support was just fantastic. It was great to see that. And I think that it is a real uh, measure of what's to come here in Montgomery County. Turnout here is extremely important. Uh, We're fortunate that folks in Montgomery County do tend to vote. They're pretty active voters. And I'll share with you kind of that change. You mentioned uh, President Biden's totals out of the county. So back in 2016, you recall that Mr. Trump won that election and he won Pennsylvania by about 40, 44,000 votes. And I was really frustrated because I felt like turnout in Montgomery County could have been better. And so we've been working in the county during those intervening four years to get people focused on the 2020 election. And when all was said and done, we had about 82% turnout here in the county. And we gave out of this uh, county, President Biden, a net about 41,000 more votes out of this county than Hillary Clinton got in 2016. And President Biden won this state by about 80,000 votes. And so we were able to make up about half of that vote total. So we are focused on doing something very similar again. You know, I don't know if we'll get to 82% in a midterm, but we're trying to get to 78 or 80%. And I think if we can do that, that puts both Josh Shapiro and John Fetterman, as well as candidates up and down the ballot here in the county in a really strong position. Can we um, just maybe give listeners a little backstage uh, from from that rally? I mean, by all accounts, that was really a presidential production, just in terms of whatever young staffers were advancing that, knowing that national media was going to be there. The Eagles were playing, but still the place was packed. Uh, I was not there. So I'm personally curious if you could just tease out a little more uh, uh, from that room. Yeah. Well, the room was great. And I'll tell you that the staff that put it together were very seasoned folks. And so um, I've worked with several of them over the years on a number of things. So just John's got a really strong team around him. And there was a great lineup of speakers. Uh, We were very fortunate to have the president of Planned Parenthood Action Fund here with us, Alex, Alex McGill Johnson. She was terrific. I was invited to speak, uh, as was Joanna McClinton, Congresswoman Madeline Dean, Congresswoman Mary Gay Scanlon, uh, Giselle Fetterman spoke, and of course, John spoke. So it was a great crowd, just a lot of excitement in the room. And, and I'll tell you just you know one quick story, which I think really speaks to John Fetterman's commitment and to his character and his, his care for all of the voters. I mentioned earlier that they had to turn away about 300 people and John and Giselle went out and it was raining by by this point. They went out and walked down the line of the 300 people that couldn't get in and greeted them and uh, handed out there. You may have seen the photos. There were these pink Fetter Woman T-shirts. And uh, they gave away a bunch of T-shirts. And so they took the time to just greet those folks that weren't going to be able to come into the room. And I think that just sets the tone for you know what his campaign is about. 
He is committed to fighting for every single Pennsylvanian. And I think you see evidence of that in gestures, both large and small. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at this point in a campaign, the most valuable resource is a candidate's time and and building that time into the schedule uh, when there's many more stops uh, on a Sunday. Your county has a new resident. He lives uh, in other places as well. He also is a medical doctor and uh, gives some strong opinions about his candidacy. And uh, yeah, if you're comfortable talking about Dr. Oz, I'm sure listeners would be uh, curious one doctor to another. Yeah. Well, I've been concerned about Mehmet Oz for a long time. Uh, Long before this campaign, he was using his national television show, which of course, I'm sure your listeners know is extremely popular, to hawk fake diet pills uh, to the point where he was actually called to testify before a congressional committee that was investigating false advertising uh, and, and its its use on television to, to answer for the fact that he was hawking these pills that had absolutely no medical value. And most recently, he was doing the same thing with treatments for COVID-19, like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, that not only are they not efficacious, but could actually be dangerous to someone. And he just did this over and over and over again. So I think that it was for actions like that, that his former colleagues at Columbia University, where he had been on faculty, actually petitioned the school to remove him from the faculty. And they did not feel that he had the that he was displaying the ethics and the character that a physician, and we all take the same oath when we graduate from medical school, that they wanted to have in one of their faculty colleagues. And, you know, this, it's only continued in this campaign. First of all, he he barely knows where Pennsylvania is. He doesn't understand the names of our towns. You know, he just he just doesn't connect here at all. I don't know how you think you can move to this state where you spent only just a brief time while you were in medical school and part of his residency training and expect to understand the issues here and represent the 13 million people here adequately in the United States Senate. But most recently, there's been a couple of things that have just disturbed me to my core. One is his stance on abortion, which, by the way, is a complete flip-flop from where he used to be. Now he is saying that abortion is not acceptable under any circumstances. And for a physician to say that, he, he should know what it's like for pregnant women and pregnant people facing extreme medical emergencies and a number of other situations, abortion is healthcare. And it's just so disingenuous that that he would deny that. Uh, The other thing that he's done that's just been so outrageous is the way that he has mocked John Fetterman. (laughs) John is recovering from stroke. And for a physician to mock John in the way that he has done it, I think it's just a real window into Oz's character. You know, he has mocked, he had some kind of basement tracker thing going. I mean, just really unacceptable, particularly for a physician. And and it's bad enough for any decent human being to do things like that. But for Oz as a physician, he should just simply know better. And I find it, as do many of my colleagues across Pennsylvania, very hard to believe that he took the same oath that we did. And there are a number of physicians who've been very public in speaking out against him in this center race. You mentioned earlier Bridgeport. Uh, does, you know, when I think about the county, 
when you have communities, municipalities like a Bridgeport versus a, a Lansdale, there's just so much diversity in it. If push comes to shove, it'd be very interesting. You know, if he had five seconds to find on a county map, uh, these municipalities that, that listeners, if you can help arrange that, that would be an interesting or reporters. We have a lot of reporters to listen. It'd be interesting to get, you know, a map and go township by township across Pennsylvania or just as quote unquote home county. All right, let's end on a positive note. The son of Montgomery County, who has infinitely deeper roots, Josh Shapiro is intimately familiar with each and every borough and township of the county and also every line item of county budget. So if you could share some personal stories about him and also a sense of the organizing you're seeing uh, for his campaign, which my understanding is a little bit different than the Fetterman organizing. So, you know, I had the privilege of serving with Josh for two years as county commissioner here in Montgomery County. And I really can't think of better training for the governor's office. You know, he understands how county budgets work. He understands the interface between the county government, the state government, and the federal government, and really understands how to get things done. And I think that that background and experience will really serve him well in the governor's office. But then, of course, additionally, he's had the experience of serving as the state's attorney general for these last uh, four or five years now. And all the work that he has done in that office to really defend Pennsylvanians. You know, the work that he did in particular on the opioid crisis and going after those pill peddlers across uh, our Commonwealth, you know, we're now starting to see every county in this Commonwealth is getting funding from the settlement that he helped lead with these pill manufacturers. And so Pennsylvanians are going to really benefit from his work, uh, everything that he's done up until now. And I am certain he will be an absolutely fantastic governor. Josh is working so hard to travel this Commonwealth from end to end. He is on the ground. He is visiting communities, small and large. He spends a considerable amount of time in communities that are made up of people that are newer to Pennsylvania. He is in communities of color. He's really making sure that he listens to people all across this Commonwealth, and that informs a lot of his policy recommendations, and he's going to carry all of that to Harrisburg. I just want to have one, one final question. I wasn't going to ask this, but something you said, it prompted it. What's also been really intriguing, for want of a better term, uh, to me over the years is watching these, these diaspora communities, largely in the Philadelphia suburbs and other purple states, but you see this in the AAPI community and the Muslim community, Eastern European communities. But the county, as you've alluded to several times, is super diverse. And if you could speak to some of that, it sounds like the Shapiro campaign has, has, has recognized that and they're engaging them. But you know, also in your own uh, campaigns and just work as a public servant, working with these inspiring immigrants. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this weekend, well, just this past weekend was a great example of that. On Saturday, I was in the Lansdale area at the North Penn Moss Community Day. That's a community day that's been going on now for several years, and every year it just gets bigger and bigger. And it is just a wonderful gathering of folks from all around Lansdale. And what's so great about it is that they always serve this beautiful meal, and people sit down, we break bread together, and it's a chance to just listen and learn from one another and truly build community. In another part of the county on Saturday was the Willow Grove NAACP Unity Day, which I also attended. And again, just, you know, another community and another part of the county bringing folks together. There were all kinds of different community members there. There were people playing basketball. 
people. Uh, there was people selling crafts and other, you know, baked goods and things like that. Uh, the local police department was there getting to know the community. And so that's what these days are about is really getting to know one another. And you mentioned our AAPI community, which is growing so rapidly in Montgomery County. Uh, we have members uh, from all across Asia and Southeast Asia here in the county. And it's one of the communities that's growing uh, the fastest in the county. Lots of small business owners, um, just wonderful community members. So I just think it is part of what makes this county so strong and vibrant is our diversity. And I'm very, very proud to lead this county and in, in the way that the growth is going. Well, here, here. Thanks so much for your leadership and for taking the time to uh, share with listeners. Uh, I mean, this is really the county to, um, well, arguably all 67, but I'm going to be watching Montgomery County on election night. So thank you. Great. Well, thanks. Great to talk with you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Pennsylvania Kitchen Table Politics. Take a minute and leave us a rating and review on your podcast platform. Please also consider following us on social media for updates and announcements regarding future episodes and new guests. You're political, so I am sure that you're on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. We are too at PA Political Podcast. Visit our website, papoliticalpodcast.org, and send us your feedback about this episode and suggestions on future guests. Until next week.